Talk, talk to me. WSRadio.com Welcome to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Well, hello. I am Mark, and she is Marsha, and we are Computer and Technology Radio, where we cover pretty much everything across the spectrum of tech technology, social media, entertainment, all kinds of fun stuff. Today we're going to be talking about what? Crypto gets hacked, hard to believe. Uh, Peloton is at the end of the uh, the pandemic and lots of other cool stuff. Marsha, how are you? Doing great, doing great. Lots of stuff uh, going on. We're going to talk about the Wordle app a little bit, which I've gotten totally hooked on. Um, and we'll talk all about that. And more news on NFTs and the metaverse, which everybody's been confused about. Uh, right, exactly. PlayStation creator talked about it, and we have the news right here. Yeah, exactly. Um, so here's a shock, shocking story. Uh, crypto.com, which, by the way, is now the name, for those of you who have not yet seen this, of the Staples Center Arena in downtown Los Angeles where the Lakers and the Clippers play. They just changed the name two weeks ago from Staples after 25 almost years to crypto.com. So, it tells so just, you just asking here, have they paid the money to Los Angeles oh, already? <laughs> uh, I do not know the answer to that. Uh, it's like, it was a two, and I can't rem- quite remember the mo- number now, 20 million or 200. It was an enormous amount of money for the, the rights. And it goes to the owners of Staples. It doesn't go to the city of Los Angeles. Right. It goes to that yeah. corporation. But I mean, right. you know, is, was this 34 million something that's going to hurt the, <laughs> the deal? <laughs> uh, doubtful. Doubtful. <laughs> apparently, uh, Hackers stole $34 million in funds from 483 Crypto.com users. Uh, according to this, the good news is that the effective users are covering, uh, Crypto.com is covering the losses. Uh, they said in a majority of cases, we prevented the unauthorized withdrawal, and in other cases, customers were fully reimbursed. Uh, they didn't talk about how it happened, but they posted a note that their security systems detected suspicious activity on Monday uh, when a small account of accounts be- began approving transactions without their two-factor authentication. Wow, I don't always do that. Uh, login from uh, users, and we always recommend you use uh, two-factors as well. Uh, and apparently the user must input the correct password along with a one-time passcode that's generated on the holder's account. So uh, hackers have found a way to get into the system. And, you know, that, that's always a little bit of a concern. I think I don't do cryptocurrency, but, you know, you've got the wallet and if you lose your wallet, you lose your money. And so I all have a question about stuff. crypto. Yeah. Okay. So on the 1040 form, which I noticed last year, snuck in at the very top, is a little place where you're supposed to check, I own cryptocurrency. Right. Or something of that ilk. Now, yeah. what if, if, if you have a fund that invests in cryptocurrency, then technically you don't own it, correct? Right. Yeah, that's right. No, you wouldn't. You would, I, they're only talking about people that own it directly. And the reason they're worried about it, of course, is people. Duh. And I've talked to people. <laughs> I'm telling you, I've talked to people that have cryptocurrency and they, they, they buy and it. they sell. And I and I said you realize that you have to pay taxes when you you know every three months after you trade it you got to pay taxes on it. Well, what do you mean I got to pay taxes on it? <laughs> yeah, it's just like buying any other kind of investment where you have you know a gain or a loss or something. You got to pay taxes on it. So you know, okay. So I was that's why I'm asking you. So if yeah, you don't no. want, we're going to talk about the IRS up in your cheesecake a little later. 
But if you don't want the IRS up in your cheesecake, um, I don't see why it doesn't make sense to buy a crypto ETF or a crypto fund if you want to follow crypto financially. You could do that. Yeah, you could do that. And you wouldn't have to. You just, you know, they would report the ta- uh, the tax liability yeah, it's on their, that. it's their thing, yeah. not yours. Yeah, so no, that's a, it's certainly a good way to do it. So there's a lot of crazy stuff uh, going on. And yeah, that's the that's the crypto story. So now you, if you own crypto, yeah. you got to worry about getting I see these people buying and selling crypto and, the you know, they're yapping about it. And like you said, they don't get that you have to uh, yeah, pay taxes. Pay tax on all of this. You have to tell the government. It is not a secret. And that the blockchain is public. The government can look at it at any time. So Absolutely. My, my advice to you is do not take it financial advice from some guy on the internet who lives in a van down by the river. <laughs> uh, Who's now worth ser- $30 million, of course, because well, he bought crypto. At a, yeah. Or was. Because he or was lost or it was all. right, right, yeah, because yeah, right. he's lost it all in day trading. But you know, always go to a certified financial planner. Go to somebody yeah. who knows what they're doing, because let's face it, all the big firms are getting into crypto. But Mark, no offense, it's because they're making money on it, and well, whether it's good, and if it's good for you in the long run, you really have to double, double think about it. Yeah, you got to be very, very careful. So you know, I don't know what to. Th- <laughs> well, yes, yeah, so and pay your taxes. Um, I don't know what to think about this next story. You know the F- the five G rollout with the FAA. FAA. You know the the airlines are fighting it, saying it's going to interfere with aircraft, and the carriers are saying no, it won't. And I don't, frankly, want to be the one on a plane to figure out whether it okay, does or it doesn't. Considering I'm going to be flying to Europe at the end of February. Um, okay. And, you know, I've been on top of the 5G thing since the very yeah, beginning. Yeah, for years. Yeah. And I can tell you the difference. If you remember, I used to talk about the fact that there are three different types of 5G. And without getting into bizarre technicalities, there's one that works direct outside, will not go through walls. There's another one that's good for indoors. Okay, that's great. And then there's the middle band which isn't as fast as either of the others, but does a great job. And and that's the most common one. The interesting thing is when Europe and all the rest of the world set up their 5G, they set up that middle band, the C band, on a frequency that was further away from the frequency that aviation in the U.S. or all over the world uses for their landing radar. Mm -hmm. Somehow the U.S. decided to run it at a frequency because I'm not saying who's greedy and who's not, but some companies, you know, there just wasn't enough. So certain companies bought a frequency for their 5G that does interfere. I mean, you remember frequencies when we used to have radios and you used to have to dial in. Oh, sure. The megahertz and the, yeah, the, the whole thing. Right. Well, that's it's basically the same thing. The rest F-M-M. of the world, yeah, the rest of the world, it's not an issue because they set theirs up at a frequency far enough away where it doesn't affect the planes. So I can right. totally understand. You know, they're evaluating the data, bah, 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 5G, FAA. But the bottom line is... um. The FAA said it issued more approvals that allow 70% of U.S. commercial airlines 
to perform low visibility landings at airports near where wireless companies deploy 5G. Now, I don't know about you, but have you ever landed in a really snowy, foggy airport, something really scary to start with? I Yeah, I landed on the, almost the top of a mountain in Colorado in, um, oh, I can't remember the small city, where you take off from this teeny tiny airport, and if you miss the runway, you run into a mountain. Done that in a small plane. That wasn't fun. Or if you, uh, uh, I think it's Lima, Peru, when you take off from Lima or Santiago, you go up those mountains, you know, where the plane crashed and people ate each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's scary. Yeah. It, you better have yeah, a clear a sky. Story. You better have a clear sky. But to allay right. fears of our listeners, because some of you may be flying like I am, um, all boat here are the planes that are approved. And it depends on what equipment is installed in the airline. And by the way, although they say the Boeing 737 is approved, I've heard stories to the contrary, but that would totally screw Southwest because they have a lot of 737s. But they've been approved, yeah. all Boeing 717, 737, 747, 757, 67, 777, 787, MD-10, and 11 jets. Uh, Airbus A300, 310, A319, A320, A330, A340, A350, and A380 models, which I'm not seeing the A321, which is a spectacular plane. And that goes around the world. So mm, that that could be a problem. Yeah. You know, we are not in aviation. We don't know the variations on these different no. planes. We know that if you look up a 777, you probably have four or five variations on that plane. Um, but supposedly, more than 20% of the U.S. commercial aircraft uh, fleet hasn't been approved. <laughs> right. Yeah, which is so, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and the FTP... FAA warns that some altimeters will be too susceptible to 5G interference. So they are saying to preserve safety, aircraft with those altimeters will be prohibited from performing low visibility landings where 5G is deployed because the altimeter could provide inaccurate information. And I honestly believe that was the problem when you know, Kobe met his maker, is the altimeter wasn't working. And who knows if if that had something to do with 5G, because from what I've read, not in this article, uh, helicopters are severely affected by this. Well, it's a frightening thing. I mean, you know, it takes us back to the time, and it still goes on, when you have to turn off your cell phone while you're on a plane. And I and you you know and I know that people don't pay attention. If the if the flight attendant is not walking by, they're using their phones. So uh, that never really panned out to be anything. I think they still do that. It's been now a couple of years since I've actually flown, but I'm assuming you still have to keep your cell phone turned off when you're on a plane. Well, you know, it's the you know. So how did we get here, and who's to blame with all of this? Um, the FAA and the FCC had been aware that airlines believed a travel disaster could be imminent if 5G was deployed without addressing the altimeter concerns. Now, if they knew that, why didn't we make a stop a while back and think about this before we made our installations? 
And how is it that Europe got it and we didn't? Uh, and what has the, Europe done? What's their policy in Europe? Well, no, the thing is that Europe set their 5G C-band, like I said, at a further away frequency than okay. the airline altimeters. You know, so in other words, it's a little it's a bit more down the line of as you tune it in than it is in the US because the US wanted to sell as much bandwidth as humanly possible. So they sell, you know, they sell each uh, provider, you know, AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, a different one. And it seems that the ones who have bought this frequency are the ones that are causing the most problem. Um, right. In Europe, they're saying this is one of the most delinquent, utterly irresponsible situations that people have seen in aviation, period. Yeah. Wow. Um, they should have been evaluated, and how do we fix it? I, I don't know. Well, it's for the big brains, but they just better not make the... Because, I mean, what they have to do technically is replace all the offending altimeters in the planes. Which now is a the lot airli- of money. Yeah, the airlines shouldn't have to pay for that. It ain't their no, fault. Right. Yeah, and good luck trying to get Verizon and T-Mobile exactly, and everybody else to pay for exactly. that. So... What's going to happen? We're just going to have to see. Right well, now, okay. what they're doing is they're making temporary 5G buffer zones around airports. Yes, for the landing. And apparently the, yeah. the main danger comes from landing and taking off. So um, we'll see what happens. Have you ever in been in a plane during a snowstorm when, before I it have takes not. off? Okay, no, so I have I'm not. In, I'm in Chicago once, and it is, boy, Chicago knows how to snow. And it's snowing and it's icing and the whole thing. And, and out come the trucks to de-ice the plane. Now, so mentally you know that this de-icing process is going to melt the ice and prevent it from forming because the problem is the weight of the ice on the plane may cause a problem right. yeah. during takeoff. Right. Yeah. But it's a chemical, right? So that's supposed to keep the ice from forming. But when you're sitting there looking out the window in a plane, it's snowing down at you. You, you kind of wonder, wait a minute, is the ice going to form again before they're done, yeah. before we take yeah. it? Th- that is one of the most, to me, the most creepy experiences I've ever had on a plane. Ugh. Yeah. I try to avoid looking out the window of a plane because after seeing that Twilight Zone episode with William Shatner where he sees <laughs> the monster on the wing, I don't look out the window anywhere. I don't know what's out there. So anyway, yeah, that's the story. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens going forward. Yeah, but um, it's now, just a shame and stupid because it's going to require an act of Congress to get this fixed. Yeah. Wow. All right. So apparently the IRS is now going to um, force us to use selfies. So I guess uh, we can, you know, go out and, f- and find famous friends, right, and use it in the IRS. Is that how that works? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, that's not, oh, that's okay, not what the first selfies of all, First of all, if you directly interact with the IRS, this is going to be an issue. If you don't, yeah. like you have a tax person or somebody who represents you, an accountant or, you know, an enrolled agent, you probably will never have to do this. I've never had to sign in to the IRS. Have you? Yeah, I've done it a number of times. If you make okay. prepay, you know, estimated payments, if you, wanted, if you want to pay your taxes online, you have to sign into the IRS. Well, don't you pay that through the EFTPS? Well, you the can. There's a number, yeah, yeah. There, there's a number of ways you can do that. 
Right. Okay. So EFTPS is not mentioned in this article, and that's the federal because I pay our companies' taxes through there all the time. Right. But right. this is when you log into the Internal Revenue Service. Now, they are going to switch to a process called ID.me. Sounds nice. Sounds really nice. So if you need to upload copies of bills, identity documents, you know, all kinds of things, you are going to have to take pictures of your identity documents. You're going to have to have a live video feed of your faces via a mobile device. Now, I don't know quite mm-hmm. how that's going to work if you're logging on on a computer. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 but ID.me was originally launched in 2010 with the goal of helping e-commerce sites validate identities of customers who might be eligible for discounts. But, you know, not a lot of people want to share their faces. But it's still uh, an excellent online identity verification service. 27 states already use ID.me to screen for identity thieves applying for benefits. California, what's happening with California? We just let everybody file, right? Right. But uh, 27 states already use it, and it is incredibly effective. But after entering an email address and picking a password, you're prompted to confirm your email address, you know, by they send an email link to the address, blah, blah, blah. And then you have to do multi-factor, not just two-factor authentication. Um, the options range from a six-digit code sent via text message or a phone call to code generator apps, which you have to have on your phone, and FIDO security keys. Um, it's going to be locked up tight. So just be prepared. You are now, you know, who knows whether they're scanning your irises. I don't know. Mine have been scanned already by the government because I have global entry. But everybody is going to uh, be able to share everything with the government yeah. now. Isn't that wonderful? Yay, because we don't share enough with the government. So, uh, right? yeah, we need to do that. Exactly. Uh, I have not played Wordle. I play uh, it all the time. Yeah, what is it's a what kind of it's a word game of some kind. What is it actually? Okay, here's the deal. Wordle, first of all, is a lot of fun. It's pretty wonderful. And I'm not talking about the app. If you Google W O R D L E, you go to a, you can go to a website in the UK. So you don't have to download an app. You can just go to this website and I go almost every night. Um, you know, after dinner, it'll be my little brain puzzle to figure it out. Hey, and once right. I figured it out in three tries, which was pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. pretty amazing. Uh, it's a fun little word game, but a lot of people said, oh, this is fun. I think I'll make an app. Now, mind you, the app is not done by the people who developed the game. As always, people kind of knocked it off. Uh, developer Steven Crotta wrote about how he de- created a game called Wordle five years ago at the age of 18, mostly for fun to sharpen his coding skills. But so the game asks players to build as many words as they can from a set of letters in a strict time limit. Drew about 100,000 free downloads. Okay, this isn't the Wordle that everybody else is playing. But long story short... Because this guy has made 
such a windfall of money. He's donating it, which I think is wonderful, to a nonprofit. Yeah, that's right. Um, wow. Instead of just you know taking the money, because yeah, technically using the word Wordle. If you look it up, Mark, it's a great game. It's a fun game. Definitely worth playing. And yeah, it's, nice, it. it's nice to have someone in the house that can help you when you're kind of stuck and you're going, rah, rah, rah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Does Wordle it help is a to know fun how to... game. What? Yeah. M- Mark? Okay. Mark? Oh, yeah. Does it help to know what? I said, does it help to know how to spell? Oh, absolutely. Well, it will tell you if the word that you've put in is not a valid word. Oh, so okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I've played word games. I played words. Uh, I think it was called Word for Friends or Words with. But you friends. see, the, the great like thing about the Wordle, or... great thing about Wordle on the website, though, there's only one game a day, only one. So oh, you can't get you can't yeah. get hooked and continue playing for hours and hours. You do your one game, you're done for the day, right. and that's what I like about it. It doesn't keep sucking you, you down hey, cool. the, down the tube. You, uh, the, there was something um, okay. interesting about Peloton, which I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Mean, well, I mean, I think that this hopefully is signaling the beginning of the end of the pandemic because Peloton <laughs> just made a fortune absolute fortune selling their very, very expensive workout equipment, you know, where you connect to a treadmill or a bike or some other device and you connect to a live uh, trainer. And while you're on the bike, you're pedaling against other people. And it was incredibly popular, uh, you know, what they call the smart gym equipment. And they were selling, you know, they couldn't stay in stock. You had a waiting list to get to even get it delivered to you. Well, apparently, and there's a little controversy before you go before you go further. I just wanted to say that I think the reason Peloton was so successful is because people were locked up at home and they had no social interaction. You get on a Peloton, all of a sudden you're in a class, you got a teacher, you've got other people and you all interact with each other. I think it was more about interaction. Yeah, than because, hey, everything's a bike. I mean, it's no big deal. Well, but the social aspect of Peloton was the most important. Yes, I'm sure that's absolutely true, and a lot of companies did the same thing. Um, uh, there's a, and the, the names are not coming to me, but there's other companies, Nordic Track, and others that do the same thing. Right, and you know because everybody stopped going to the gym, they closed down, they shut down, you couldn't work out anymore, so people rushed out to buy Peloton. Well, apparently. Uh, there was a confidential presentation that said there was a significant reduction in customer orders. And as a result, Peloton would halt bike production for two months and tread manufacturing for six weeks, potentially not going back into production for the entire fiscal year because they had so many now. Now, in response, they're claiming that's not true. But I suspect that there is some truth to this because you're talking about people are now are actually going. You know, I haven't gone back to the gym yet. I play racquetball and I'm not willing to go play racquetball ball with a mask on because I don't want to die and Have choke on the court while I'm doing it. Have you tried pickleball yet? Yeah, I, I've played it once. It's fun. Not the same as, as racquetball. I've it's never not played as it, but you can play it outdoors. But is it hard? Yeah, is it's it fun. fun. Is it easy? No, it's fun. It's an easy game to play. It's very fun. You know, like I said, I've only played it once, but it was I, I picked it up right away because I'm a racket player. I played tennis. Right, I know and you I are. But for those who aren't, yeah. I haven't played tennis Yeah, no, it's college. easy for anybody. 
No, yeah. it's easy for anybody, and it's a fun sport. Huh. So, um, so you know, I didn't want to do that, so I have not been back to the gym. But my uh, son-in-law is about to, or has been going to the gym and working out in masks and such. And I asked him, you know, how are the gyms? And he said they're getting more crowded. So, you know, we went through the streak with first we had the Delta virus, and everybody stopped going to the gym. And then people, and I did too. I played racquetball two or three times uh, and went back into the gym and, and played because I figure I trust the guy I was playing with. We're in close court and everything was fine then of course the omicron thing hit and everybody freaked out and stopped going to the gyms again but he said that a lot more people are coming to the gyms now they are wearing masks except for the occasional person who refuses to do it and then that's a hassle but overall people are going to the gyms so they're not spending you know it i mean 2500 bucks or four thousand dollars for a in-home device is expensive and most people can't afford to do that but they can't afford you know 20 bucks a month to go to the gym so uh I don't know. Hopefully this seems like maybe we are getting closer with all the reports. of. Well, I think people are just getting sick and tired of it, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I'm going to be the AirFit people are sending me. I think I showed you uh, my husband, Kurt. I bought him for Christmas an AirFit, which is a an N95 mask that has a little hose that's attached to a HEPA air filter and it pumps fresh air into the mask. Now he has his uh, trainer come to the house and he wears that every time he works out. And he says it's spectacular. So uh, that's what I'm going to do for my 10-hour plane flight. I'm going to wear one of those, take some pictures and see what happens. It does, uh, talking about Twilight Zone, it does look like something that you would see on the Twilight Zone. Uh, It's kind of weird looking, right? Well, you can, if you're running or doing sports, you can strap it to your arm. Or it has a little thing that you can hang around your neck, kind of like, you know, those Bose, not headphones. It's like those Bose speakers that you put around your neck that you can hear this awesome stereo from. Yep, yep. And so it just looks like you have something funky around your neck. But a lot of people in offices and on planes are carrying their own little HEPA filters to clean the immediate air. And a little tip, if you are flying, be sure to have... You know, the air jet above your head, be sure it's spraying right down at you because that way you get the freshest air. The filters on an airplane are awesome. The air changes within an airplane massively. We haven't heard about people getting sick on airplanes because of that. So think about that, too. Like just keep fresh air on your on your face, and you should be a lot better. But you have to wear a mask, so I'm going to wear that and yeah. a HEPA filter. Well, there you go. Um, okay, and it is now the time of the show where we search the planet, the universe. Oh, wait, this wasn't the time, but we'll do it now anyway, because you said mass, so it changed my, <laughs> my thinking. But let's do it anyway. It's the time where we search the universe, the planet, and best buy for the buy of the week. Thank you, Paul. I kind of messed that up. It wasn't supposed to be till later. But uh, we've talked about for a long time, we've talked about storage devices and how expensive they used to be and how, you know, you could have gotten a one gig and, you know, 10, 12 years ago, there was a one gig thumb, thumb drive that was selling for $1,000, one gig. Well, if you are someone that needs to store a lot of video or a lot of information, or the complete works of Congress, you know, the the uh, the Library of Congress, or anything that you want a lot of storage space for, you can now get the uh, Western Digital, the WD Easy Store. It's a five terabyte drive. 
That's a lot of space, five terabytes. Uh, and it's an external USB 3.0 portable hard drive. And normally this sells for about $180. Uh, Best Buy has it on sale for $99.99. So you can get it for, um, you know, 80 bucks less than what it's trading for. And, that, you know, these are great prices for devices if you need storage. And if you a lot of, you know, a lot of video, and it really is only if you need a lot of video or things like that, or you're storing important documents. But again, you can get this. It's the uh, Easy Store 5 terabyte external USB 3.0 portable hard drive. Uh, normally, it's $179.99, and it's available at Best Buy for $99.99. And that is our buy of the week. Um, well, I, I always keep a spare hard drive just here. Yeah, it's always a good you idea. Know, when I have a sale, see a sale, I have a blank one always ready. Because of my problem last week, I backed up a ton of data, and I, and I'm not using the backup software. Yeah, you. Uh, I just copy it over because that works too. It yeah. you know because you don't want. Oh, I don't know. Go. I don't want to back up everything on my computer. Believe me, there's some crap that I can really. You can do also, without. by the way. Oh, no, you can also use them for backup storage. If you have a DVR, for example, Dish yeah. Network allows you to plug in a backup drive and download movies and such, you know, whatever they allow you to download, to your backup drive. So uh, yeah. you can do that as well. Yeah, we have a oh, two-terabyte right. drive of uh, movies from Dish. That yeah, exactly. we got movies forever. <laughs> exactly. Um, this, this, I think, is an interesting story. Mark Cuban uh, is, uh, seems like a pretty good guy. He's a gazillionaire it's worth about four and a half billion dollars and you found out that he's starting his own the mark cuban cost plus drug company which i love it do you love that i mean talk about yeah you know naming your corporation a bizarre name well it's there's a little ego in that well he he has an ego but this is a genius genius idea it's a great idea it's a registered pharmaceutical wholesaler and purchases drugs from manufacturers. It right. bypasses the middleman. It bypasses normally drugs are sold to distributors who sell to the stores. Now, this way he can lower the price of more than 100 med- medications. For example, there's a leukemia drug that's priced, he sells, $47 a month. Yeah, this is crazy. The retail price for that drug is... $9,657. That's the retail. I'm sure you'll get a discount on insurance, but I'm yeah, also probably. really sure it's not going to go down to $47 a month. Except for the so, people that don't have insurance that can't take advantage of you know getting discounted drugs and do have to be stuck with that kind of payment. Well, they can't afford it, period. Well, right. Um, so, uh, clearly. Duh. So the online pharmacy's prices for generics factor in a 15% margin on top of the actual manufacturer prices, so the actual wholesale price. So it's 15% above wholesale, and they add a $3 pharmacist fee per prescription. Seems really fair to me. So the markup on generics technically averages at least 100%. And in some cases, the Wall Street Journal says it exceeds a thousand percent. Oh, it's the, insane! The price of drugs is ridiculous. Um, and by the way, it is legal to buy drugs from other com- countries as long as you have to produce a prescription and you're covered right. legally. You can right. buy it. 
Uh, so his company won't process insurance claims and requires the customers pay for their meds out of pocket. If you have an insurance policy and you want to get it uh, you know, on your deductible, I guess you can file the papers yourself. But the deal is the drugs on his plan are going to be cheaper than most insurance plans, deductible, and copay requirements. And you have to have a new prescription. You can't carry over a prescription from another pharmacy. Right. And it, you'll find all of this to order medications on the MCCPDC website. Um, it's a little bizarre, but, you know, what yeah, can I say? It's okay. You know, he got um, the idea, apparently, uh, if you know about this pharma bro, well, I don't know how you pronounce his last name. Martin, Martin Shrelly. Shrelly, Ma- okay. Sc- Screlly. Yeah. He took the uh, the drug Daraprim, which was $13.50, uh, and upped it to $750 per tablet when he was running Turing Pharmaceuticals. And it's just uh, disgusting. Well, he's in jail now. So, I mean, Yes, he that. is. Right. So, yeah, um, exactly. all kinds of fraud and all kinds of craziness. Yeah. But the bottom line is, it's about time somebody did this. Yeah, it's and great. And it's great that uh, Mark Cuban, you know, he's democratizing the price of medicine, and that's great. So those of you who are looking for it, it's the Mark Cuban Cost Plus Drug Company, MCC, PDC. Find it on the Internet, and hopefully, I know you have to, when you go to the website, you have to sign on. I checked it out. I didn't want to sign on right away, but definitely keep it in your mind. Yeah, I think it's a I think it's an excellent idea, and then kudos to uh, Cuban for doing that. Um, so NFTs, metaverse, we you know we keep hearing about this kind of stuff, and you know, if, to me an- NFTs seem to be one of the dumbest things I've ever heard of, which is a non fungible token. Oh well, token. well, you're gonna you're gonna love this even more. Is Twitter now um, <laughs> allows people to put the, an NFT as their profile picture, which I think is the stupidest thing because if you're on Twitter, you want to see who you're talking to, even if it's a 20-year-old picture. You want to see that it's human. Yeah, right. Right. But I'm really not into the idea that I'm going to see a picture of a flower or a bear or whatever. What do you think? Right. Yeah, I I agree with you. It's nice. I like to see a picture, you know, a Twitter picture and see who it is that I'm looking at and talking to, even though, as you say, sometimes they're not exactly from, you know, it's like a right. dating photo right. that you put up uh-huh. from 20 years earlier. Mm-hmm. Right. But no, I think it's a good idea. But, and I mean, a kids apparently, the Gen Z's apparently think NFT is a scam to begin with. You know, they, they just don't think that there's, it makes any sense to use those. And the metaverse also is another one of those. Nobody quite has figured out what it is or how they're going to use it. Uh, Microsoft just bought uh, Activision for uh, $56 billion, some incredibly outrageous amount in of money. Cash, in cash. In cash. In, in you cash. Know, you think that was just a money transfer? I mean, it just, here's your quackabillion dollars in a money transfer. I mean, do they well, charge more than $15 for that money transfer? No, no, it's a standard $15, whether it's a dollar or $56 billion. That much yeah, money it's in crazy. Cash. And they did it because one of their plays is the metaverse. It, it must be insane. Yeah, but the I mean, PlayStation you know. creator, do you, did you hear about this? Ken Kugatari uh, said that he finds VR headsets, and he's he's not about the metaverse at all. Finds right. VR headsets annoying and can't see the point of the metaverse in a recent interview. Right. 
Um, according to Bloomberg, he took aim at a number of technology companies that are ramping up their efforts. And, you know, they're pushing these virtual reality headsets. I mean, you can't see a commercial on TV without people wearing virtual reality headsets. Right. I know that not everybody has tried them or you've tried them for 10 seconds, but I have tried it at at great length. I do not like a big thing strapped to my head. I really I don't like agree. it. I would rather totally be in a room agree. and see things on a big screen. I understand yep. the AR aspect of it, which makes a lot of sense, and that can be done beautifully through your phone. But VR, the whole point is to wipe out all the rest of the world. And right. I kind of agree with him. They're simply annoying. And he said, being in the real world is very important, but the metaverse is about making quasi-real in the virtual world. I can't see the point of doing it. You would rather be a polished avatar instead of your real self? That's essentially no different from anonymous message board sites. And I kind of agree with him. You know, when we just talked about Peloton, and Peloton is great because people can virtually interact with other people. And yes, you could argue that the metaverse, you're interacting with other avatars. But Peloton was so famous and got so strong because it was people to people. I mean, what do you think? Do you think you want to have more of Second Life, if you can remember that? <laughs> You know, I was never a big fan. I mean, even, you know, I'm a video game player, have been for years, and a lot of people that play video games get together with other players online, and they yell, and they talk to each other, and they move here, move that. I've never been a big fan of that. So I've never been one that wanted to interact with people that I don't know online. And I think, but a lot of people like that. You know, there are a lot of people that want to do that, and they don't want to be recognized, so that's why they use an avatar. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm not a big fan of it. Well, we're going to see what happens because, I mean, it is big. and But the thing is, just like 5G, it's another marketing tool. Just like NFTs, it's just somebody's making lots of money, and probably it's not you. <laughs> yeah, no, probably not. Um, all right, so we, we're going to talk a little bit about electric cars. And I have to say I have not been much of a fan of electric cars. I don't – I'm not a – Tesla person, uh, you know, even when it went for the first, was it a Prius? It was, I think a Prius was one of the first electric cars. Uh, I do have to say that finally, I actually see one that was kind of interesting to me, which is the Lucid that has a range of about 500 miles. Now, it's not an inexpensive car by any means. Uh, so what did you find out about electric cars? Well, before I go, it's that the U.S., first of all, has fallen behind the rest of the world on electric cars. And what was interesting, I won't mention who it was, but somebody on a tech person I know tested a new, you know those boards in your house where all the electricity goes through? Well, there's new smart ones. And these new smart ones happen to be very cool, except they're yeah. insanely expensive. So he did it and he showed pictures of the information that he got from the board. The usage in his house was 76% for transportation. That's for one Tesla, wow. one Tesla, yeah, and that's he was a lot. only making eighteen percent of the power he used. So, first of all, that's yeah, all that's BS. As far as again, marketing, somebody's making big money. Um, right. In December of twenty one, electric vehicles overtook sales of diesel in Europe for the first time. 
Um, in the U.S., numbers have been shocking. People are not taking up. EVs make up just 4% of vehicle sale last year. And again, this is what we talked about just like solar, the expense involved. Yes, the government was giving money back. Yes, the government had tax, you know, rebates. But you got it. It's not just putting a 240 line in your garage, which is expensive enough. Is there not paying you back for the money that you're generating on solar? So EV cars have gotten very, very expensive. Yeah, they have. And and I think what we've done, how can we possibly mandate that people will have electric cars if people can't afford it? Well, they are expensive, and the better ones are very expensive. Even the less expensive ones now are are getting to be expensive as well, you know, and they still have very low mileage. Right, and the ongoing use of it. That's the thing. I mean, yeah, gas prices are going up, but people understand gas prices. The electric prices are always something that's kind of up in the air. You don't know what your electric company is going to charge you, right? I mean, you never know. And they keep raising it every year. Yeah, every every year it goes up. So Bank of America forecasts that EVs will make up just 20% of the car market by 2030 rather than the 50% that the government has said we have to have. Right. Uh, You got to make it reasonably priced for people. You've just got to. Yeah, there are some uh, solar electric car chargers, and I don't know much about them that you can, you know, instead of uh, hooking into your grid and charging your car that way. But uh, it's going to be but interesting to see. But the thing is, see. you still have to pay a fee to be on the grid, even if right. you're 100% solar at your house, which nobody is. Right. Um, so, again, I think we jumped into this, kind of like the 5G, and didn't think it through. It sounded like a great idea. Yeah, let's all be green. Let's all be green. And meanwhile, they're not taking care of the recycling in most cities. It ends up in the dump, right? I mean, yeah, we know exactly. that that's not being done. So maybe we should just uh, pull the car over, start from scratch, and figure out what we're doing to make things green. Yeah, there you go. Hey, if you're looking, you know, it's been very difficult lately to find COVID tests. Uh, the the pharmacies are out of them. The lines are long because now everybody, even though you probably really don't need to take a COVID yeah, test. Yeah, you don't need unless, to, really. You, know, you really don't need to. But it's good to have it at home just in case you get really sick. And now the U.S. government is giving you four free home tests. Uh, it takes about 7 to 12 days to order them. And you can order them at government uh, covidtest.gov, and they will send you four free tests. Goes by your address, so you can't, you know, I guess if you own multiple homes, you could send them to multiple homes, but it gives you the at free tests. And uh, they've also set up 20,000 plus free testing sites now. Could I just make been... a comment? Could I just yeah. make a comment? They've talked about you can get four packages. What if you have five right. people in the house? <laughs> yeah. That, well, I mean, that's the problem. I, and wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's done through the U.S. Postal Service. A. Right. Correct. Does that mean that the U.S. Postal Service doesn't know who lives in what house? Think about it, folks. You're, I'm, again, not, not being a, a worry ward here, but you would think they have the addresses. Just mail them out to people without making people sign up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. now I want to let you know that, you know, there are platforms that are monitoring 
the different websites, and that's how we got ours. Uh, the free ones, you know, you have to get through the government, and I right. understand their shipping. But we got ours through Walgreens. Uh, there are websites now in stock.net, zoolert.com, hotstock.io, and Brickseek. All track Abbott's Binax Now self-test. And if you want to pay for it, it covers Walgreens, CVS, Walmart, and Amazon. And you will know when they come in stock. You get yeah. a notification. And it does, it does say that insurance will cover up to eight at-home tests per month for each person on an insurance plan. So that gives you – I don't know what you would do with eight tests per month. I mean, that seems like an awful lot of tests. You either test positive or you don't. And then, you know, if you do it, I guess you're testing twice a week or, you know, to see whether you've got well, it Well, I'm not. bringing a bunch of them on my trip, hoping that I have to never come back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. I'll stay in Europe forever. Hey, COVID. Wow. Yeah. Do I have to interview for a new? So we're now interviewing for a new co-host of Computer and Technology Radio. <laughs> no, it's only uh, going to be a week. Only going to be a week. Oh, there you go. Okay. Oh no, there's um, the music. That's we it. Oh through. my gosh. We got stories. We're going to have to save for next week because we'll we have some good week. ones. Have a good week, everybody. We'll uh, talk to you next week and uh, enjoy. Enjoy the week. It's going to be a good one. It's a little chilly, so stay warm out there. Don't get too much snow. Be happy and message either of us on Twitter and let us know real Mark Cohen at Marsha Collier and we'll give you an answer if you have something you want us to cover. You've been listening to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier produced by Brain Food Radio Syndication Global Food for Thought.